Welcome to the weekly teaching program from Finally Alive Ministries with pastor and counselor Gary Aris. Gary is a full-time pastoral counselor and teacher of God's Word. He has a remarkably deep passion to see people set free in Christ. You may call our prayer line at 657-246-2464 or email at prayer at finallyalive.com. That's prayer at finallyalive.com. Now, let's join Gary as he shares some amazing truth from God's counsel in this week's teaching. The World Health Organization says that depression is the largest cause of disability worldwide. This I read from voanews.com, which tells us new figures released Thursday by the World Health Organization show that depression was increasing worldwide and now is the leading cause of global mental and physical disability. Not amazing. Depression is the leading cause. Dan Chisholm, health system advisor in Who's Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse, says that if you look at the prevalence of different disorders around the world and you look at the disability that is associated with them, if you combine those together, depression ends up at the top of the list because it is very common. You can see 1 in 20 people in the world have it, and then it has quite a high level of impairment or disability associated with it. I think that's just heartbreaking news. Depression is the leading cause of disability today. Isn't it interesting that it isn't necessarily physical ailments that are the disabilities, it is the mental. Welcome to Finally Alive Radio. I'm your host, Gary Aris, your very own Christian counselor. We're talking about depression. This is probably one of the bigger issues that I see constantly, depression. It's totally heartbreaking. And it's amazing how many different sources depression can come from. There isn't always necessarily one source. So I wanted to talk to you more about depression because most of us have experienced it. I think depression is a very tough one to break. Definitely not impossible. Again, my stance is there's always an answer. And with God, all things are possible. I've seen amazing things happen. I've seen people miraculously go from depression to living a very happy and healthy life. I've seen it right before me. And all praise due to God that he is absolutely amazing and he does, he does definitely answer prayers. But let's talk more about depression and what it is and what it isn't. And I also want to answer why depression is actually a good thing. Hmm. Before we get into more details about what depression is, I'm going to start listing things off about depression. But I want to warn you, be careful of what you do with this list. Because it's very easy for us to WebMD ourselves. <laughs> it's easy to go to WebMD and type in, you know, what does a heart attack feel like, for example. You read the description, you think, oh my gosh, I feel that right now, and it's not a heart attack. So, uh, I'm, of course, I'm exaggerating. But be careful, it's very easy to read symptoms and say, oh my gosh, that's me. So here's the list. Again, be careful. Do not diagnose yourself. So what is depression? Typically, depression looks like sadness, a downness. They can feel sad, they can feel down, feel blue. 
And remember, this has to be a constant. It has to be longer than two weeks. You can't just be one day that you feel sad or blue. It has to be a constant, two weeks or more. So feeling sad, loss of interest in things that you enjoyed. If you, know, if you enjoyed painting or something like that, and all of a sudden you no longer feel like painting, and it's not because you're sick of painting, you, you just no longer have the interest in it. Uh, drastic changes in weight, going up and down drastically could be an indicator. Uh, sleep will be affected. Sometimes depressed people tend to sleep more or sometimes they'll sleep less. Do you see how some of these are a little bit vague? I want you to be careful with this. These are just kind of general things that are looked for, but all because you don't get a good night's sleep one night doesn't mean you're depressed. So remember, this has to be at least two weeks or longer. Feeling fatigued more than usual. That could be an indicator. This one is almost a constant. Feeling worthless. If you remember, I did a show on feeling worthless because that's typically the core of what depression is. Feelings of worthlessness. Sometimes it'll be guilt. Could be. But typically it's a feeling of worthlessness. Another one would be a difficulty in thinking, concentrating, uh, being able to make decisions. You know, a little cloudy, can't really think straight. And of course, thoughts of hurting oneself. So again, this is not an exhaustive list. This is just for the sake of kind of getting an idea. Again, talk to a professional. Do not just listen to what I'm telling you and self-diagnose. It is very, very dangerous. I'm repeating this on purpose because it's easy to do that to yourself. So talk to somebody about it and get a proper diagnosis. Now, there can be medical conditions that can cause depression. Uh, a typical one that uh, I've seen are thyroid issues. That's a big one. Chemical imbalances, you know, other kind of physical issues. You know, when the chemicals are off, you know, the brain chemicals, if you will, are off, they're, they're going to throw you off. They're, you're going to think differently, feel differently, behave differently. You know, when are, when are the chemicals off? Well, think about it. You know, a woman gives birth. Well, the chemicals are going to change. That's a drastic change in life right there. You know, going through menopause, big, big changes. You know, they can feel depressed. It's, it's totally understandable. It's, sometimes it's a cycle. You know, you hear a postpartum for women who have just had a child. It's, it's, it's a common thing. You know, the chemicals are going to be off and, and they just need to stabilize many times. So, I usually tell people who are stuck in, in, you know, in that depression, you know, get your thyroid checked out. You know, go get a physical, get, do some blood work, or even ask the doctor, you know, what else chemically can be off to cause feelings of depression. Again, if possible, go to the doctor, get that checked out, see what you can get done there. So these are important steps. And, and here's where it gets a little tricky. Depression sometimes is confused with grief. They can feel alike, but they're actually different. Let me explain this. Even though a depressed person cannot come out of it typically, they're there and they're typically stuck there. Where if, let's say, someone had a recent loss, heartbreaking, they're going to experience grief. It will feel just like depression. Even when you read the stages of grief, one of them will be depression. Technically, it isn't depression, though it feels like it. It's a depression that is related to grief. So be aware of the differences. If, if you've had a loss recently, obviously you're going to feel grief. 
and within that bubble you can you can have symptoms of depression and we'll, we'll define grief too you know loss of someone obviously or loss of something you loved you know it's not always someone passing away sometimes it could be one losing their job uh someone losing their friend but they didn't pass away they just moved away that can cause grief an heirloom of the family an important ring that your great-grandmother wore and it's been passed down to you and you lose it well yeah you you might feel grief for that 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 totally makes sense it's it's a family heirloom so that's more in the camp of grief and the feelings of depression when someone is grieving typically isn't constant it's typically like in these ups and downs these waves so they'll feel depressed it goes away then they feel depressed and then it goes away so it's these waves and sometimes they're longer and sometimes they're shorter the thing with grief is it just needs to pass you need time you need healing it's very difficult but that's grief where depression is a constant it's not a wave it's it's just a constant depression constant state of this feelings of worthlessness feeling blue and all the other rest of the things i mentioned earlier so it can be a really tricky finicky thing here so you know who can get depressed obviously anybody i just read that article for you you know i I haven't seen limitations i've seen rich and poor uh, different genders different cultures different races it has no limitation you know some people think well if i have more money if i'm rich then i won't feel depressed and that's not true i see people who, who are wealthy and successful and they will experience depression so there are no limitations of who depression can affect and the greatest difference between grief and depression is grief will last for a while where depression can last forever and i'll put this little piece at the end there it can last forever if untreated in my experience again in my experience what i've seen god's ability they can definitely be healed you know it's like hebrews 4:12 for the word of god is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart so it's the power of the word of god and no it isn't just quoting bible verses there's a lot more to this but the source of it and this is what i tell everybody uh, before before the first session is is it's the word of god that is where the substance is coming from of course it's his spirit flowing through it but the bible has the answer it's going to give you the answer and remember my saying is this the answer is there the question is are you willing to accept the answer because the answer might be difficult it might be tough it might be it might be something you have to do that you don't want to do all of these are possible the answer may not be easy but nonetheless the answer is there the question is will you face it the good thing about having a pastor or a counselor nearby is that they can walk with you through it that's what pastors do they walk with and there are great ways to deal with depression you know some do exercise go running uh, some people change their diet some people change things in their life 
And th these are all good, and that actually might help once in a while for some person. It may not help, so we may have to look at the situation from a different aspect, a different angle. Regardless, there is an answer. This is not a hopeless situation. You may feel like there's no answer. That's the trick of depression. That's what depression does. It makes you think that there's no answer. It makes you feel like there's no end in sight. But that's where Satan has his hold on this. Not on, not that, not that the one is possessed. Rather, that, that this is a mental oppression. That's what this is. That's what depression does. Now, I said earlier in the show, how can depression be a good thing? This is a very interesting way of looking at this whole scenario, isn't it? How can depression be a good thing? I'll even ask it like this. Why would God allow depression? Would you like to download this episode for free? Now you can. FinallyAliveRadio.com has every episode ready for download absolutely free. Visit us at FinallyAliveRadio.com. That's FinallyAliveRadio.com. Well, depression is part of the plethora of emotion that we have. In my experience, I see that when we try to turn off an emotion, it has a rubber band effect. It's almost like pulling a rubber band and letting it go and it snaps. That's why I highly recommend do not ignore any emotion that you feel. And the rule of thumb is emotions are important, but they cannot be the leader. Emotions are the guide. Emotions tell you something. They, they're guidance. They're, they're indicators. But the moment we make the emotion the leader, it all falls apart. My example I, t I tend to give is if I'm feeling hungry. Like, I'll pretend right now I'm hungry. If I'm hungry, I hear my stomach growling. And imagine I, if I just up and left the show right now. I said, okay, guys, uh, I'll be back after I'm done eating and just have complete silence on the air right now. How awkward would that be? But how disrespectful would that also be? So notice what I did there is if I listened to that feeling, the feeling of hunger, and walked away, I allowed my feeling to be the leader. And that's not the way it's supposed to work. A better way of doing it is I can have the feeling. I can hear my stomach grumble, right? And in the back of my mind, oh, you know, I'm hungry. After the show, I'll go get something to eat. That's where my logic took over. Took the indicator, analyzed it, planned. And later I will execute that. That right there... I know it's oversimplified, but that right there is the model. Just about everything in life is that right there. Have the feeling, but learn what to do with that feeling. The moment that feeling takes over, that is Satan's playground. Look at any argument. Any argument. When it went all feelings-based, we got nowhere with it. I'll give you an example from our last show. I was talking about giving. And let's make a couple arguments. Here's one argument. You should never neglect a homeless person. You should always take care of that homeless person no matter what. That makes me feel bad to see somebody being homeless. It's so sad. Now, there are things that I agree with there. 
And speaking of the emotions, I, I agree. I, that makes me feel bad too. But now we need some logic along with that feeling. We can't leave that thought all by itself because it's a very dangerous thought. And that can take us down some very dangerous road, which have been tried in the past. I would venture to say that that is the beginning of socialism and, and the final step would be communism, but it's feelings-based. It has to be. Because the argument will be, that's unfair, that's sad. And here's some logic. Life is life. Life doesn't care about positive or negative, life just happens. Now, on my journey, on wherever I'm supposed to go with God, I'll do my best to take care of those who I believe God tells me to take care of. The other ones, I'll just leave that up to God. I'm not here to fix everybody or help everybody. But yes, I will help. But it has to be appropriate. Just like the stomach grumbling, I will listen to the indicator. But I will use logic to approach it, plan, strategize, and later execute. If I leave it all feelings-based, the country will fall apart. The nation will fall apart. It cannot be feelings-based. Again, feelings are important. They're the indicators, but not the leader. They're just a guide, and they're very important. Now, all that said, how does that make depression a good thing? Well, remember, depression, too, is an indicator. It's telling you something. Depression forces you to stop in your tracks. Why is that a good thing? Well, if you're stopped, you're also forced to look around. In some ways, depression is like all the doors closing. And when you've tried all the doors, you're thinking, oh my gosh, what do I do? You feel hopeless. All the doors are locked. What do I do? I'm hopeless. I'm worthless, perhaps. That's, that may be the feeling. I'm not good enough. Well, wait a minute. It forced you to stop and look around and say, well, wait a minute. What have I not done yet? It's, it's hard to get to that place. But that's what depression is doing. There's something that I'm missing even though it feels like I've tried all the doors, but there's still something that I'm missing because if I've tried all the doors, have I tried to find another way or a different route? Have I tried windows? Perhaps I have to call upon people. Maybe I have to knock on the doors. I don't know. It could be anything. Again, it's just a metaphor. Maybe you're not supposed to be trying to open the doors. Maybe there's something that you have to deal with in that room that you're in, metaphorically speaking. There are a lot of angles to this. There's a lot of angles to depression. Depression forces you to slow down or stop to deal with an issue. I'll give you an example of one. A person came in, you know, they, they said that they were depressed. And I asked them, well, you know, why do you feel depressed? They said that in, in the last three years, they had lost five jobs. They were fired five times in a row. And this person thought to themselves, you know, I, I, ob I obviously can't do anything right. I mean, if I'm getting fired five times in three years, there's something wrong with me. I must be a fool. 
I mean, maybe I'm just not cut out. You know, they're all better than me, and you know, I, I'm I'm always in last place. You know, I, I'm just not good enough. I keep getting fired. They said, you know, I've I've tried everything I can. I've I've looked at everything I can. I'm I've tried to improve. I try to show up earlier, but I still got fired, and now I'm depressed. Doesn't that sound like he tried all the doors? He tried. Sounds hopeless. I asked this person, let's take a look at all the five jobs. We kind of went through each one. In the end, we discovered they all had something in common. What we discovered is that every job we learned, when they were called on, when they made an error, this person was arguing tooth and nail and would never admit that they did anything wrong. And as we kept talking, we discovered, well, you, you obviously did something wrong there. And we discovered that they didn't want to admit that they did something wrong. In this case, it was five out of five. And in the end, we learned, well, wait a minute. You're making an error but you're denying it. It sounds like that made you look like a liar. Now, you know, after some good talks, they realized that. This person found the door that they were avoiding. Do you see how hard that is? That's a, that's a tough one. I, I really simplified it here for us. And this took some time to, to get to that route. But what if that's what you've done? What if that's what you're experiencing? What if there's a door that's ready to be opened, it's unlocked, ready for you to walk through, but you're avoiding it because it's scary? It's scary to admit that you did something wrong or you're doing something wrong. This person went on to find another job. Something similar happened. They were called on, you know, they were called on because they made an error. They admitted to it and they worked on it. They improved, and now they're still employed. They haven't lost the job yet. The issue wasn't that, it, that they were a bad employee. The issue was they weren't dealing with the issue. That's, that's the issue. So I urge you, face that. It's hard to do, I understand, but it, that's, how, that's how you get things done. The door's there. You just got to be willing to see it. Remember, the answer is always there. Are you willing to see it? It's hard to do. It's interesting the way our brains work. You have to realize, you know, I, I can't blame anybody for, for feeling like that person I just explained. I think everyone does that to a degree. Well, the, the way the brain works is it is programmed to keep you alive and going. That's what the brain does. So because it is programmed that way, sometimes when there's information that could be hurtful, the brain has an interesting way of sometimes not seeing it, ignoring it, sugarcoating it, 
downplaying it. Oh, it's not that bad. You know, that, that kind of downplay for the sake of you to survive. It's interesting how it works. And you can see it in the example I just gave you. This person didn't want to see their own error. Who does? I can't blame them. But it's interesting. That's just the way the brain works. And everybody does this. Every single person I know, including me, we all do this. And it's unfortunate because it's got to be somebody else to reveal my errors. I don't like it, but that's just the way it is. I've got to accept the fact. But if you can accept that you're just a human being trying to do your best, and on the way you're going to make some errors, then this process can be a lot easier. This life can be a lot easier. It doesn't have to be so grueling. You know, I used to grow up and, you know, when people would say, oh, hey, Gary, how you doing? I would say, oh, man, I'm grinding away. You know, to a degree, there's, there's truth to that, but not everything is a grind. There's difficulty, but not everything is like this overwhelming grind. There are some things, of course. So, yeah, that's the aspect of depression that actually is a good thing. It forces you to stop and deal with what you have to deal with. I'm not saying it feels good. I'm not saying it's good because it feels good. I'm saying it's good because it's going to force you to progress. It's going to force you to grow. Very important pieces here. Well, we're going to stop there for today. But next time I'm going to explain to you the spiritual realm of depression and how that works. And what are some ways we can deal with depression? I've already explained and given you some clues here in this show. But next time, we'll go into a lot more detail. Until next time, God bless you all. Thank you again for joining us on this week's program with pastor and counselor Gary Harris of Finally Alive Ministries. We pray that if God has touched your heart with any part of today's teaching, you would respond and move into the healing that God has for you. Visit us at finallyalive.com. There, you can download this episode for free, email your concerns, questions, or share a story of how God is using this teaching to help you grow in Christ and His freedom. If you'd like to call our prayer line, you may do so at 657-246-2464. That's 657-246-2464. Or email at prayer at finallyalive.com. We'll meet you again next week at this same time when we look at God's Word with pastor and counselor Gary Harris and learn how to finally be alive in Christ.